Setting Up Camp, Chapter 12 Veronica, Maddie, and their father stepped out in single file onto the narrow steel bridge. From her perch, Veronica could see the tops of the highest trees poking through the marshmallow clouds. At the center of the bridge, the clouds parted, revealing a lush green forest below. Towering redwoods gave way to old-growth fig, cedar, and teak. They continued along the bridge to the small volcano on the other side, emerging onto a mossy glen. A crystal-clear stream meandered through the glen and down the slope. Mount Mystery loomed in the distance. We're almost there, the captain said. Just follow the stream down and you'll find the campsite. And don't worry, this volcano's extinct. Extinct? Veronica had heard that word at least twice before. Once in science class describing the ancient volcano at the center of her own hometown, and again from her father describing the volcano that would eventually destroy Babeltown. Together, they descended with the stream into the forest, moss drapes deafening every footfall and bird call. Veronica felt as if the earth itself had stopped rotating, as if everything would always be still and calm and exactly the same. Maddie broke the silence first, feeling drops of liquid on her hair and shoulders. Rain, she grumbled. Just our luck. The drops quickened into a steady spray. Veronica looked up, horrified. Maddie, she said. It's not rain. It's, it's monkey pee. Maddie laughed, certain her friend was joking. Suddenly, an enormous rustling filled the canopy. The roar of howler monkeys exploded above their heads. Deep, grave howls echoed off the forest floor. Maddie took off running. Half crazed, she raced down the trail, her hands covering her ears, paying no attention to the rugged path. Her foot snagged in the gap between a root and the ground. She hurtled head first toward a jagged rock. You must be more careful, the captain said, grabbing her pea-soaked arm just in time. No one can save you out here. There are no ambulances, no hospitals, and besides, you're running from nothing. They're only howlers, noisy, not dangerous. They're just marking their territory. Maddie caught a whiff of herself and nearly puked with disgust. Her clothes and hair reeked with the acrid stink of monkey pee. In her current condition, she did not care at all to hear a nature lesson from her father. The disturbed howlers continued to roar like a city at rush hour. The captain did his best not to laugh. Don't worry, darling, he consoled. You can wash off soon. We're nearly there. But Maddie knew when her father said nearly, it was never nearly close enough. On they walked for another thirty minutes following the stream down the volcano. At the bottom, the trail leveled off and the stream vanished behind a wall of bamboo. The muffled rush of running water beckoned them. The captain stepped into the bamboo forest toward the sound. The others followed. Close your eyes and keep them closed, the captain called to the girls. He took them each by the hand and led them carefully and blindly through the thick bamboo. The girls could feel the long, thin shoots scratching against their arms and legs until finally they stood in the clear. Okay, he said. Open them. I give you Chowalawoo. Here, deep in the green wood, a wide, crystal-clear waterfall spilled out of the sky, carving a small but impossibly pale blue pool out of stone.
A blaze of purple and pink azaleas, white snowbrush, and red salmonberry formed a flowery hoop around the waters. Fish splashed, dragonflies danced, and salamanders sunned themselves on the rocks. The pool reflected the day like a rippling mirror, an oasis so surreal and so perfect it had to be a dream. Veronica and Maddie reached down to touch the milky waters. It's blue, Veronica whispered, cupping the water, even in my hands. The captain continued. You see, that clear stream there flows into the pool and mixes with the clear waterfall to make this pale blue color. That other stream flows out of the pool and carries the milky blue waters all the way to Mount Mystery. But I don't get it, Maddie said. How can a clear waterfall and a clear stream make blue water? There are volcanic minerals in the soil, the captain said. The waterfall carries sulfur and the stream brings calcium carbonate. They mix here in this pool and when they do, the water turns unimaginably blue. But don't worry, it's safe to swim in or drink. Chowalawoo is a perfect and perfectly hidden honey hole. Veronica studied the stream feeding the chemical blue pool. Are you sure it's safe? Splash. Fully clothed and stinking of monkey pee, Maddie jumped off the nearest rock. The others watched her head vanish, then pop up again behind the waterfall's wispy veil. Come in, she yelled. Veronica stripped to her bathing suit and clambered up the high rock on the side of the pool. How deep is it? she asked. Deep enough, Maddie said. Now jump! And jump Veronica did, without even holding her nose. Her feet plunged into the milky blue waters, never finding the bottom. There's fish everywhere, she yelled as she surfaced. You don't even need worms. The girls swam and splashed in the fairy tale waters, making the most of the remaining daylight. They explored the curious boundary where clear and clear made blue, and Veronica even managed to barehand a fish. Naturally, she threw it at her friend, but Maddie saw it coming. She tilted her head just in time to sniff the fish and watch it fly past her nose. The fish swam excitedly away. The dads busied themselves setting up camp. Veronica's dad dug for worms and fished for dinner, while the captain hung the hammocks. Lucky Bunny hopped daintily to the pool's edge, cleaning her paws and sipping at the blue waters. The sun slipped behind the trees and dusk fell upon the forest. Come out, girls! the captain called. It's getting late, and there's work to be done. The girls listened, leaving the warm blue waters for the chill forest air. Dotted with goosebumps, they picked their way through the rocks to the campsite. Maddie's eyes drifted up to the trees. Bunk hammocks, she said. All four hammocks were strung between two trees like bunk beds. Veronica's hammock was on top, at least 40 feet high, with Maddie's hammock just beneath it. The first tree was perfect for climbing, with small branches poking out of the trunk like a ladder. Why so high? Maddie asked. Animals, said the captain. Big ones. How big? It doesn't matter, he said. They're not the problem. The dark is. We need firewood. Why don't you two go see if you can find some? As he spoke, he piled rocks into a makeshift fire pit across from the hammocks. Maddie nodded. If we find some, can we have s'mores? Absolutely not, the captain said. 
Tomorrow is the most important hike of your life. We're not about to get all sugared up the night before. You need a good night's rest. We all do. Maddie's shoulders slouched and Veronica's face drooped. Together, they plodded out of the campsite in search of wood, shuffling their feet, their bellies growling for marshmallows. Veronica's dad rummaged in his pack. Oh, would you look at that, he said loudly. Here's some marshmallows, graham crackers, and chocolate too. S'mores for everyone. The captain huffed as the girls now skipped into the forest. Deeper and deeper they went, searching for dry wood amidst the cool dampness and thinking only of s'mores and mystery. Fireflies blinked on and off all around them. The dark came fast. 